There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and a huge welcome to the show again this week. Um, Brilliant to be back with you. And um, before we move on to introducing you to the fantastic guests today, um, I'd like to say a huge thank you to Judy Robinette, who I interviewed last uh, last week. Um, Judy's been on the show a, a couple of times. She uh, wrote a book about uh, power connecting. Uh, she is the power connector. She has the most incredible network of anybody that I think I've I've ever met. Uh, Judy has been uh, had dinner at the just dinner at the White House. I think in the last year she's had dinner at the Palace in Serbia. She's having dinner in Buckingham Palace this year. She's just connected to everybody, and I would say that out of all of the guests I've had on my show, she's one guest who I've really learned a lot from. That book um, around power connecting in particular was very, uh, very, very valuable to me when I read it and uh, made me realize um, what a great network I have and, uh, and how I enjoy connecting with people around the world and how best to really do that. And um, this week, last week, she talked about then cracking the funding code, uh, being an investor herself, uh, and um, being involved with some amazing clients. Um, she has, I know, billionaire clients. Um, she has written a book from 30 years of experience around cracking the funding code. And if you're looking to uh, gain funding for your business, I really, really, really recommend that you go and check uh, Judy Robinette's uh, book out and uh, listen to the show, of course. Um, also, um, things going on this week. Um, I got the chance to catch up with my good friend Owen Sulaban. Um, Owen was on the show, uh, on the, the show, The Artistry of Engagement, which uh, is, was actually, to the end of last year, the most popular and most listened to show of the year. Um, we had Stephen Morris on there, Libby Wagner, who's a poet, Stephen's an a, a artist, and Owen is an amazing musician. I think that was one of the highlights last year when he played guitar in the beginning of the show. He plays with the Russell Crowe Band and people like that and has a real interest in the kind of Irish um, sort of history. And we had a wonderful conversation together. We both lost our fathers at the end of last year. And it was a very you know, deep conversation this week uh, around you know, some of the things we've gained from loss and, and how we were both feeling now like that actually uh, once that loss has been released, um, that we've almost got the energy of our sort of fathers behind us this year as we move forward into 2019. There are definitely silver linings in things like this. Um, and also um, other things I've been focusing on over the last week, we're doing lots of work around uh, LinkedIn, which has been brilliant. So thank you to the Business Growth Bureau, um, who have just been really helpful with our the way we're connecting and using LinkedIn as a tool. And also to my friend Anthony Steers, a telephone assassin, who is just the best guy to have working with you. If you're looking to improve the way that you uh, you communicate over the phone with people uh, you want to go to the, the link on the show and just uh, click on that and check him out generally um, he's a real asset to any any sort of team who's looking at building their telesales functions or um, needs some support and coaching to actually get on and make more uh, and more effective calls so uh, let's talk about uh, the show today um, it's um, we're going to talk about collab- sorry, collective leadership and I've got a great guest for you today, Rolene um, Boxham uh, from the Netherlands. And um, I suppose the question is, you know, would you love people in your organization to be you know, internally and externally engaged? You know, and really, 
enthusiastically working together towards a shared vision while they're using their unique talents and their skills to contribute to success. You know, that, that sort of perception of, uh, of, of you know, what can occur when people are working really collectively, it's got to be good for all the metrics of your business. So um, my guest, uh, Rolene uh, Boxham, is the co-founder and the principal of Presence at Work. It's a collective leadership development company based in the Netherlands. Uh, she offers a clear and tested roadmap to transform organizations by implementing a new way of leading and co-creating together. Systemic, agile, and using one's whole body intelligence, which uh, includes head, heart, and gut. So we're going to talk about that because um, she's got a really amazing set of tools that uh, Presence of Work at Work have developed uh, to enable you to um, really um, connect um, with each other. So we'll talk about that uh, later. So I'm going to talk about her fascinating philosophy. Um, it came from the embers of the financial crisis. So a huge welcome to my guest today, Rolene. Well, thank you for such a great introduction, Chris. I'm really honored to be on your show. Uh, you're, you're very welcome. It's lovely to talk to you. And I mean, one of the things I love to do is to ask people, because we have people from all over the world guesting on this show. Um, I think you're the first person we've ever had from the Netherlands. And you, you showed me a lovely view, actually, out of your window before we spoke um, over over Skype, which was brilliant to see the kind of the canal outside and the very um, almost Amsterdam-like looking scene out there. So yep. do, you want, do you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, your, you know, what life is like living in the Netherlands and what it was like <laughs> for you growing up there? Yeah, well, you know, I'm in this very old picturesque uh, city in the south of the Netherlands. It's indeed like Amsterdam, like old-fashioned houses from the 16th century and the canal, what I'm looking out to towards and I think, yeah, living, growing up in the Netherlands is like growing up in a very, I think, safe and tolerant space. And, you know, you go to bike, you go on to school on your bike and um, and you eat a, a sandwich with cheese and milk uh, at school when you're at the lunch <laughs> break. It's, uh, I think, very much what people think of, uh, of the Netherlands as well. So uh, open, uh, inclusive, um, yeah, tolerant and, uh, yeah, and tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of tulips, I seem to remember. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I was I think I was in Amsterdam probably last, I think about three years ago. And uh, the thing I noticed is, is um, I had to keep getting out of the way of bicycles and uh, and, and people seem to be very frustrated <laughs> that I was walking in their path. And it took about a day to really get my, you know, get my um, wits about me as people use them very heavily, don't they, rather than cars. Yeah, you're really like a king on your bike. And so cars are very, uh, like, respectful of the of the bikes. <laughs> I love that. I like, I like my bike. Um, so, so, um, so you're brought up in 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 the Netherlands and Holland. What was your sort of family background? What? Um... Oh, my family background. Well, I was just the, the youngest. I, I was like uh, a little bit behind. Like I have two older brothers. They are ten and fourteen years older than I am. So I was really like the Benjamin. And um, yeah, it was really lovely growing up with uh, big brothers and uh, a very loving, nurturing uh, family. Uh, so I, I say I, I, I was very lucky and um, I got a lot of acknowledgement uh, from my parents and, you know, they told me probably every day how proud they were of me and how well I did. So I really think I got very good foundations when I grew up. That's, that's really important, isn't it, with children yeah. to kind of remind them, yeah, actually, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah to mind that you are proud of them and, uh, and believe in them. It's important to have people who believe in you. Um, and did, and has that, did that really help you in terms of, 
you know, giving you the confidence to sort of step into the, the sort of work that you do? Yeah, I think uh, actually I was thinking about it when you just asked it because I think that very solid foundation made me very courageous and I think also with good confidence because the work we do is very courageous and you need to be uh, like very solid in your own skin and solid about who you are to actually go into organizations to help them transform. It's, um, it's, an, it's an inward journey. Transformation is an inward journey and that's also often a challenge for uh, for people and for senior leaders to actually go inward for personal uh, transformation because most leaders are still, uh, prefer they prefer to look outside of them for change or for transformation, implementing, um, implementing Lean or implementing Scrum and Agile, they're implementing all that good stuff and then uh, they forget about themselves often. Uh, and so this is where we come in for people transformation. And yeah, you need a good solid foundation to 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 go and do that. It's very. I really enjoyed reading a book by Brené Brown, and uh, there was something that stuck in my mind there, which was about uh, having a soft belly and a strong back. Yes. And uh, I, it's interesting, isn't it? In the in the sort of workplace, and you describe that a lot of people, you know, they might have a strong back, but they're you know they're almost guarding that belly, you know, with a with a barrier. Uh, often to you know avoid going deep inside themselves and feeling vulnerable yeah but because that's what i yeah because that's what i want to add to it you know it's the soft belly and the strong back and then your open heart you know to open up to your vulnerability and we're actually uh, and you know to really open up to your vulnerability you need to have good self esteem and a good solid foundation in your belly you need to, that's where your confidence lives and to open up and to be vulnerable is crucial uh, today uh, to actually, if we had to be, to have a sense of where, where you are and where others are, and then we're very much on the systemic part of, uh, of collective leadership. You need your open heart to tune into uh, the, syst- the systemic environment where people are, are and where you are. So it's, it's great that you're, that you're mentioning uh, Renee Brown, because I was also thinking about her and I read something about her also this morning. So... Uh, yeah, yeah, but I've become a little bit, little bit of a fan. Somebody said to me, my friend Owen, I was just mentioning to earlier, said, "Yeah, wh- wh- when are you going to get Brené Brown on your show?" And I said, "Actually, I've not asked her, so I do need to ask her because I." It's time. It, yeah, it's time. Actually, I think uh, that whole sort of work around vulnerability is just, just so important in the in the workplace today. Uh, and as you say, there, you know, you added on there, strong back and soft belly, but an open heart. Uh, really important yeah, and I would want to add to it that you know if you have all that your strong back your your soft belly your open heart you're becoming that pure channel uh, where you know and in, in a way your entire body intelligence fuels your brain you know it fuels your brain with you know additional knowledge and you are so much better or you're so much better able to deal with complexity or to actually use your cognitive intelligence in in a, in a much exp- uh, expanded way so, and that's the beauty of embodied intelligence that, you know, you can, uh, you can use it to, yeah, what we say, grow a bigger mind and to deal with complexity better. So it's, it's very, very important what you're saying. Okay. And you, you came out of, you, you know, you went into the workplace and you found yourself working at, at Fortis Bank, which yes. was uh, for those who 
may know, may know some people may know was uh, you know linked in very strongly with the financial crisis and there was uh, you know huge impact around the world you know kicking off with subprime and then over in the UK we had this situation with World Bank of Scotland and you know, tell us a little bit about what it was like you know working there be, you know before that kind of happened and then you know how you know how you felt when it did happen and what you learned from it because I know it was a very kind of you know, important uh, sort of I want to say turning point, but a very important sort of marker in your life and, and uh, impacted your work. Absolutely. Yeah. So Fortis, yeah. So I, I worked there for 11 years and, you know, I worked there all the way up till 2007. So before the, the financial crisis, but it was at the top of, you know, double digit growth. And, you know, uh, bigger, faster, uh, very much uh, all about the ego and uh, expansion and and uh, showing and like a lot of ego. Uh, so it was very tough. In a way, it's also tough to work in that scene, you know, those big matrix organizations with all the hierarchy and all the all the ego. And you have to really be tough, tough to make it. Uh, and um, yeah, so uh, but it's yeah. So, so that was, I think, what it was like. Um, and, uh, when, when, when this bank fell over, it was, you know, the first bank in Europe to pick up on, you know, it started, I think the, the global financial crisis in Europe, because it was the first bank after Lehman Brothers in the, in the U S to fall over and to be rescued by the government. I had loved, left Fortis then, I think, uh, for over a year already. Uh, so I was out of it, but of course I had a huge network over there, uh, and you know it was such a big trauma. It was such a uh, it was such a big trauma uh, that it created uh, like waves of fear, I think, into uh, the Netherlands. But also I was very uh, affected by all of that, and it really um, it really activated me hugely, uh, hugely, and it and it actually turned out to be the. The burning platform for change and transformation because yeah out of something so dramatic also something very new and different can arise again and, and do, do you think this sector has, has kind of really really learned from that you know th- this i think there's a whole despite some of the uh, the behaviors that we see from politicians around the world there there is a i sense a real desire and need from consumers uh, and for from people to feel you know a real sense of fairness in the way that you know organizations behave and uh, i don't think that was always felt with banks you know do you think banks have kind of now started and the financial institutions started to really appreciate more you know more of this heartfelt less ego driven you know more more mutual value um you see it in the you, you see it in their ads but you know i'm not sure we always believe it I think they've really opened up. So I think there's there, there, there's a lot of tran- much more transparency, like you know that that what's actually going on. Uh, so I think that's really changed. I also think change, think that there's a lot of um, you know uh, checks. You know, like um, how do you, how do you say this? You know, they have there are so much um, uh, prerequisites and um, uh, check it. They have to tick all sorts of boxes. So I think uh, there's a lot of control. Um, I think what's what's lacking, and, and I think that's in generally lacking, is you know that we actually have to transform. We have to really open up more, and I think that's the process we're in right now. So um, yeah, I think things have changed, and I also think a lot of things have still are still the same. Mm, yeah, this is a great opportunity, isn't it? I remember a few years ago with a, one of the really big banks running a running a program with them, and it was on. It was really it was helping them engage better with. Uh, that phone-based people with with 
uh, with um, clients who are maybe had you know eight million pound ice portfolios and things. So there were, uh, and um, I had a load of people in a room and. Within about 15, 20 minutes of being in the room, I think um, I had three or four of them in tears. And and it was just a realization of actually they, they didn't have this space to be able to kind of talk collectively. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was so much stress going on at the moment. And it was very, it was very humbling what, what kind of happened in that space in a very short period of time. Um, because these people, I don't think, I think they were under enormous amount of pressure. But, uh, you know, suddenly I gave them a release to really think about what was important. Um, wow. And I just realized, you know, how you know, how much um, opportunity there is and, and maybe how much pressure people are under uh, were under that time uh, from uh, what was quite an ego-driven culture. Yeah, well, it was, uh, it was I think, extremely fearful because who would, who would imagine that, you know, like a bank could fall over or actually had to be rescued? People were, it was really traumatic. It was really traumatic. It was uh, one of the, one of them who was in trouble. I, I, I was actually my client, and I found myself on a BBC radio show being interviewed. And I was um, they, they didn't know that, but they asked me whether uh, the chairman and uh, should be should be fired that day. It's very difficult to answer that question when you're not paying me at the same time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So so we've got a, about a minute now till uh, commercial break. But you know, this is the sort of work that you do with your clients. It's about transformation and sort of you know systemic change yeah it's it actually if you say collective leadership it has two uh, arms it's like embodiment you know head heart gut integration with systemic awareness like as if, as if we were like a flock of geese or a flock of birds you know that that agile together and i think that's the essence of what collective leadership brings within organizations Brilliant. We're going to go to commercial break now. Let's talk about that, and yeah, maybe we'll also talk about the distinction between between the two. Yep. Um, so, back again with you in just a minute. So, please do uh, do join us in just after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Rolene Boxham, and uh, we're talking about... Uh, collective leadership and what that's all about. And uh, Rolene also mentioned systemic leadership. Uh, Rolene, give us a bit more of a, a kind of clear understanding of what collective leadership actually is. And also, we, we, you talk about systemic. I hear systemic used very frequently uh, these days. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how do they relate together? What are they? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the what's the meaning that we should really take away today? Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I think to, to explain what collective leadership is, I would like to pick up on what I said before the break. Is you know, uh, like 10 years ago or, you know, after this crisis within Fortis, we actually, I actually had this dream, you know, like what would it be like if we could organize or mobilize ourselves within organizations like we were a flock of geese? And, um, and, and nature is always so uh, balanced and all the answers are so in nature in a way. And that metaphor, uh, I think it, it created a paradigm shift for us to think about leadership in very, very different ways. And so if you ask me what is collective leadership or what is uh, embodied systemic leadership, I would say we're helping organizations tr- to transform to the agility and the self-organizing uh, skills as if we were a big flock of geese. And if you think about geese, you know, they have some very nice qualities like, you know, they have like a shared uh, leadership in the sense that, you know, they're like really uh, ro- relating the first positions. Um, they're all keeping each other out of the wind. Uh, they are like flying in fee formation. So they still all have like a clear sight in the, in the front. And they are encouraging each other from the back. They always have a lot of noise and they're actually honking from the from the back to encourage and to make sure that everyone knows that, that we're all, all a part of it and that we're all joining. And I think that that, um, that metaphor was such a, 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 a total difference from what we experienced within those big corporate organizations like Fortis, that it inspired us to think about leadership in such a different way and also to say, hey, let's design a program or an approach that actually transforms organizations towards that uh, agile, that uh, organic way of leading together. And, and that's what uh, collective leadership is. It's embodied. It's systemic. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've, that's interesting. You've got me sort of thinking now because I've been looking at a piece of work that um, one organization has done around culture. And it was... Uh, sort of a brochure but what I I sort of sensed when I read it was that there was a dilution in there which I think is probably senior management Mm -hmm. Um, and it didn't necessarily I didn't think fully fully reflect what I'd seen in the hearts of the people that I'd worked with and I was there Mm -hmm. Um, so interesting I like that um, sort of metaphor of uh, you know with the geese of that uh, sharing the leadership so you know they, they they do rotate, don't they? And actually, I guess with you know, where where you're really working collectively, probably different people lead at different times, not just the person who's maybe paid the most. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very different, and it has it has of course big challenges because in a way we're always saying it has a, a couple of challenges. It means like you need to be willing to go, come to the forefront to lead if you know that it's your time and you have the talent, you have the insights. So come come up front and lead. Huh? You know, even if you're afraid or you don't dare to show up and lead. But the other thing is true as well. You need to uh, get past your ego and just step back if you're in the way or just slowing things down or you're like really uh, not adding a lot of uh, value. Be in the back, you know, come and be in the back, lead from the rear end and encourage and champion the people in front. So that's something we need to learn. And then the other challenge is systems intervention. So as a, a flock of geese, we all have to learn how to invite, encourage but also intervene uh, in that process for helping people to step forward or actually helping people to step back. So these are like three challenges uh, uh, in this uh, in this way of leading together. Uh, that is very important, actually. Yeah, yeah, I, I really get that. And often that doesn't happen, does it? You, you know, coaxing people to to move forward who might actually have great ideas but they're sitting there quietly because they're too nervous to speak because the right. culture doesn't enable them to yeah um it's uh, it's uh, you know you've done the same you sit in many board meetings and you know naturally maybe the leader's already decided what he's going to do but he's actually uh, wanting to wanting to influence everybody to come to the same conclusion um where actually he may not be the right person to have made that call um that's right that's in that right room so it, it is a different way of working and an important way. I, re- I really get that. And you talk, um, when, when we were discussing and communicating about this interview, you said there were four layers of collective leadership. Do you want to share top line what they are? Yeah. So <clears throat> to make uh, collective leadership happen, uh, well, it, it's, we say, oh, we have four layers of collective leadership. And the first layer is that we actually uh, really need to be present and self-aware, embodied, present, self-aware, uh, and uh, willing and ready to uh, to express ourselves openly and naturally uh, and, and authentically, actually, uh, because in you know this systemic uh, organic way of leading together, we have to be very much in the now, uh, recognizing signals of change, and also we have to talk without uh, without bias, or you know people shouldn't have to wonder what we actually mean. We need to be open and authentic, uh, so fully expressed. We say. So that's like the first layer. And um, then the second layer is uh, that we actually need to know ourselves on a deep embodied level, like what, what drives us, who are we, what's in our core at, a, at our core level. And not only for, from ourselves, but also from others, like, you know, uh, our talents or strengths or challenges and perspectives. We have to get to know each other uh, in very different ways and also in a very much more personal way, I would say. Uh, to really uh, get a sense of who someone else is, to get to know their talents and their strengths, it will actually help to uh, naturally engage with other people and to build on top of their strengths. So that's sort of the second layer, to really invest in um, who you are and who the others are and to actually invest time in getting to know each other on that deep level. Uh, so, and then the, the third layer is actually shared purpose and system dynamics. Uh, so, uh, like, it's very important that we, uh, that we're, to, that the shared purpose keeps us together and that we know what also the dot on the horizon is. So, we have a shared purpose, we know where we're going, and that actually glues us together uh, very tightly. Huh? We're leading from the collective whole, is what we're saying. 
and the shared purpose binds that together. So it's a very important layer in a collective leadership and also then the ability to do the lead and lead and follow from from uh, from from that from that whole. And then uh, yeah, so the fourth layer is all about like um, a, a, a the ability to read the signals, to connect dots, and actually to repattern ourselves in the moment. To do this uh, like lead and follow, we need to like the geese. We need to be able to repattern ourselves to meet the requirements of the moment, to recognize when it's time to lead or to follow, to intervene, to encourage, uh, to step forward, step back. So when you say repattern, is that about, you know, we, we kind of naturally have maybe habitual ways of doing things, but this is really about stopping in the moment and, uh, and realizing what's the most effective strategy? Yes, it's, 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 it's very, and that's the systemic part. Yeah? That's the success, systemic part to recognize What's going on in the broader environment? Where am I? Where is the team? Where are we going? What's at stake? And to recognize all that uh, and to act accordingly, uh, like uh, seamlessly in a way. But it requires all these levels because if you're not present and self-aware, uh, you're not able to do it. Uh, if you're not openly expressing yourself and, and you're open in your dialogue together, hey, you're not, you don't have all the information there. If you don't know the others and their talents and their strengths, uh, you don't know how to build on top of them or to um, to co-create with them. And so it requires all of all of this, and this is what what people learn in in a, in a collective transformation, uh, collective leadership transformation program. It's a, it's a very fast transformation in a way. It's it's it it shifts the culture and the dynamic within an organization within three quarter of a year, like dramatically. Wow, it's, it's very, very important work. Yeah. And, yeah, it must have a huge, huge impact if you can realize this. Um, you, you know, it, but you imagine you must have people in that journey who are maybe resistant to it as well. Do you, do you find that? Of, yeah, of course. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> of course, it's all a part of it. <laughs> it's, uh, some people are more enthusiastic than others or some people are more courageous than others. I think the most important thing is, and this is how we do it, that, that uh, this is also what we learn as senior leaders, is how do you create what we call a safe holding container? So you're creating a safe space, a safe, uh, a safe surrounding um, in, which in which people can grow, can transform, can learn, and in which, you can, in which they can be stretched uh, to experience new things, to, um, uh, to uh, experience uh, what, what it's like to lead collectively, because that's what we're doing. We're facilitating those circumstances for you to ex experience what is pos actually possible, and then you know to think about how to how to um, uh, implement that in your everyday. Yes, yeah, so that's I guess my, some of my questions are kind of like you know kind of like how. So I'm wondering you know, if you look at that first level, which was about um, you know, this deep kind of level of presence and awareness of self and each other. And in, a, in being very authentic and connected in your communication, you know, even that that one one sort of uh, particular sort of sort of level, I mean, it requires quite a lot of thinking and uh, and being prepared to adapt your behaviour. How do you best achieve it? With yeah, people? so we we often take our clients uh, like in an off uh, off uh, offset location, so uh, in a, in a retreat setting, uh, because you know it's not something you just implement in the workplace. Yeah, you you implement it afterwards, but there have 
it's important that you have a good experience of what it's like and um, what people are, what what leaders are noticing is that we are slowing them down. So this is like a, a very difficult, um, it's very difficult often for them to be slowed down uh, because they're so used to the fast pace of every day. And uh, so it's often even so uh, often it's painful for them to experience to slow down that much. Uh, so it's slowing down and to guide them to go inward. This is something that, you know, will only uh, be successful if you create that, as facilitators of change, we're creating that safe space where people can slow down and where they can go inward. It's a, it's a coaching facilitation style and it's working actually with, this, with system dynamics. It's working with, this, with what we call the space. Mm. Yes, um, so you, you, I think that's quite interesting. So you're slowing them down really to ultimately be able to speed up um, yes. yeah and the, and it it is i guess it's like you know what it would be like if you took them into a meditative space maybe a yeah. you know a monastery to meditate or something like that it could be you know, very painful for somebody for a start but actually yes. once they see start to see the value of that and realize actually they're maybe maybe feeling less stressed and yeah. more energized through it uh, maybe more of their the true self comes out yeah, so that's what. So that's exactly what we're doing, and we're bringing this coaching facilitation style. So to slow them down, and then to bring in some like very powerful coaching questions uh, that they'll ponder, they'll go within. And it's in, in if you think about you know uh, system dynamics, you you're working with you know that like a powerful coaching question like what is your dream, uh, you know that's like an extremely powerful coaching question. If you have like your leaders think about those, a question like that, it will take them on a journey. And we'll take them on a journey and you're creating a dynamic with them. But if they're and but if they're in that space, you can take them somewhere else, you know, because that's how how um, you work with the with the system dynamics. You can take them somewhere else and you're creating this like, um, yeah, a step by step approach where you're where you're taking them inward uh, and on a journey uh into their into their body actually huh? like it's a it's like integrating head heart and gut but i but it's very much new it's very different um very different uh, than implementing uh, lean or uh, scrum or agile it's very much people transformation and this is where you're you're sort of uh, you've got a system we'll talk about the leader being strength indicator that comes into that level does it to yes. help you help you become more aware of yourself and then maybe to think about your is it the next level of t- talents and strengths and challenges and yeah yeah we have this embodied uh, assessment method to uh, to identify who someone is are you like I'm very much like a head intelligence very analytical or cognitive are you very much uh, hard intelligence, like very much emotional intelligence, but also very much sensing? You know, this is what we often say, like uh, the heart is the sensing center connected to your own emotions, but also able to tune into where someone else is or, wh- or what's lining up in our environment. Very important, the, 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 your intelligence center, because it's sensing direction as well. Uh, and then the gut, you know, uh, you know, with uh, all that uh, confidence and that uh, centeredness, uh, it's it's very important. But people use those cent- uh, intelligence centers in different ways. They they have different preferences, and we can actually um, measure or uh, identify how how they're wired in a way, 
in an in an embodied uh, test. Mm. It, it's uh, again. I mentioned a conversation earlier in the week, and my my friend Owen is a is a a performer and uh, you know plays music on large stages around the world. And we were talking about that sort of performance. And uh, and I was sort of saying, you know, myself, when I'm maybe working with coaching clients or a room of people or or speaking, you know, the, the heart is very important. But I, I really, really kind of feel it in my gut. Yeah. Um, I feel I feel that connectedness and inter, interconnected in my gut. And we, we, we were having quite a good conversation about that, about actually how important, you know, your, your gut is. Yeah, and, and our language is also full, full, full of it. Eh? Like we have butterflies in our stomach or it's a gut feeling or, you know, something blocking in our throat. Eh? Like our, our body is telling us a lot all the time and we use it in the language. And now we're ahead now it's like leading, eh? bringing it into your leadership. Mm. Yeah, so so this system, we'll talk a bit more after the break, but that, I guess, is you, you're getting you in touch with those different parts of your body and uh, where this uh, you know this energy comes from and this this interconnected because we lose that, don't we? When we're we're busy and we're we're flat out working and maybe the ego's driving us, we can you know leave a, a wake of destruction really in terms of <laughs> just damaging those interconnected you know energies that sit between each of us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then we are so, and then we're so fast paced and we're just uh, like, we're so uh, uh, depending on our head or we're so uh, stressful, um, which is all, you know, our thoughts in, in our head in a way. Mm. Oh, we, we took, we've got just about a minute or so to end a commercial break. So it could be a big question this. So maybe we, we can come back after the break, but I'm very mindful that sometimes you talked about sort of leading out of the hole, but sometimes you know, the system is just so complex. It's so big. I'm thinking of um, you know when I've worked in, for example, the National Health Service and and, and, and government organisations. People just don't understand the you know the the size of the system and uh, and and the interconnected relationships with it. You know, how do you really get to understand the system if you're like a small cog in a something that's very complex? Mm. Yeah, well, that's okay. Yeah, you have systems within larger systems. That's uh, and I, uh, that's absolutely true. And it's it, you can make it huge, uh, and you can also uh, like have a closer look. Like, okay, so what's the team? Uh, where am I a part of? Uh, and what? And how are we connected in that bigger system? And like, what is our purpose? How is it connected to the larger purpose? I think purpose is is, is crucial in all of this. Mm. Mm. Right. Well, we're, we're going to come back again in just a couple of minutes, and we can have a have a, a little bit more of a conversation around that because I think it's uh, really important. So we'll be back again in just a couple of minutes. Um, if you've got any questions or comments, by the way, you know, feel free to email me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. I always love to, to hear from you. And uh, we'll be back again in just um, another couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. 
Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Rolene Boxham. We're talking about um, about Rolene's work uh, with Presence at Work. Uh, and uh, I think it's interesting, we're having a little conversation during the break, and that's saying, actually, you know, this this conversation we're having now, it can seem, you know, quite abstract. It's uh, it's quite sort of deep in its, uh, in its nature and needs quite a little bit of sort of thinking about. And I just wonder how, you know, how do you make this um, abstract nature of this see become you know sort of very practical role when you're working with and and help people who maybe initially don't um understand quite where we're going with this yeah i think um uh so it's a very much ex- uh, experience based and i think uh and like so it's easy to understand if 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 we take you on the journey and you experience what embodiment is, like what it really is if you're like uh, integrated head, heart and gut and when your heart is open, uh, it's, you know, you immediately understand what's going on. And now we're trying to talk about something that uh, often is also uh, partly without, outside our frame of reference. So we're trying to make sense of something that's outside our frame of reference. And so in our programs, we are ta- we're creating the circumstances uh, because the body learns so fast, uh, the body immediately understands, ah, this, ah, so this is what, what it's like. And then, you know, to make sense of it in a, in a cogn- cognitive way. Uh, but of course, it's, 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 um, it's a bit, uh, it's, uh, if you talk about the experience, uh, it's hard to experience it then. But I, I can, I mean, it, it kind of sits within my frame of reference because I've been yeah. in these kind of situations before and, and obviously run workshops before. And I think what, I'm, you, you, what you say there is that it's, it's the body gets it first. And, yes. it, it's, you know, it's interesting. You, you can be in a room with people and they're all sitting there in their silos. They're a room full of individuals. But you take them on an experiential experience like I know you do so well. And uh, and you feel it in your in your in your gut, in your stomach, in your heart, uh, as you kind of open it. You feel this this connectedness between you and others, and maybe you know bigger system almost beyond our understanding. You you, you feel that connection, don't you, in your body, and um yeah. and, and you become you become one rather than a yes. group of individuals. Absolutely, and that's 
And so that is also if if we if we go back to the, this flock of geese metaphor, huh, we've we've made it into a roadmap and into like a step by step approach where the first step is about like you know really uh, uh, leading in a way from your connected embodied whole to be authentically expressed. So that's the first module all about to get you into your body and to experience what it's like to be freely and authentically expressed and also to um, access all of that uh, intelligence that's inside of you. And that's a tremendous experience, which really boosts your confidence and that really, and, um, and really lights everything up in a way. And that's the very first important step uh, because confidence, we started with, with it in the, in, the, in the first bit of the interview. The confidence will actually make you step forward. And it's something, if you feel confident, you want to contribute, you want to add value. And so uh, it's a very important step to get everyone confident in their in their own self-esteem of who they are and how much they have to offer. So that's the first step. And then the second step is what you say, you know, this wholeness where we all connect. When we all open up, we make these heart connections and we're becoming like a connected whole. And so that's sort of the second step for people to learn, oh, like, who am I? through the eyes of someone else and who are we together when we're all opening up and we're sort of tr learning how to fly information, how to recognize when to step forward and when to step back and how to intervene. It's, it's, it's a whole, uh, and that's the whole systemic part uh, that is talked about a lot uh, these days. And then the third step is leading from the emerging future. Yeah, like, so where are we going? Yes, that's all about presencing. Yeah. Like I think, uh, uh, Otto Scharmer with presencing and theory U. I think a lot of people know about that. Okay, so where are we actually going? What's lining up? Uh, what's uh, how do we recognize the the, the 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 signals of change, and how are we staying together in the future that is emerging mo moment by moment? And that's a whole uh, the third module uh, where people learn to uh, recognize how the future is showing up what their role is in innovation and transformation and how they can stay together uh, while we're moving forwards. It's a, a fascinating, fascinating process. It must be, it must be an incredible journey for, for you know, some people who experience that for, for the first time. I experienced, experienced something a little bit like this when I was in my late twenties and it was a program called Landmark Forum and 200 people went into a room and felt mm. very, very isolated and with their, their different problems and issues and three days later we, we were kind of one um and uh yeah i really really kind of kind of get this and that sort of mind body connection i was i was in uh, london on i think it was tuesday and I, I went through victoria station and i heard a busker and he was uh, playing an acoustic guitar and he was playing uh, hallelujah wow and i've never I've never been like stopped in my tracks like I was by him. Mm. And there were other people as well. There were people actually standing with their arms up in the air uh, watching him uh, and just taking it in. His, his voice was just so beautiful and the, the way he played the guitar, it was so beautiful. And, and that was having an impact, uh, you know, around the people who were just commuting and walking through yeah. Victoria Station. Um, and I think it's, a, you know, what you're talking about here, that, you know, connecting people through this, collective leadership we were a collective audience um, you know and in, in, in uh, i think the uh, uh, you know being embraced by the beauty of this music and um 
you know your work it 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 brings people doesn't it, it brings them to together and if what you know what, what how great it would be if we went to work every day and we were part of this collective system i mean it just must be phenomenal and you know the music that you talk about is uh yeah, that's like the, such a fast way to, to connect, uh, to touch the heartstrings. And I think uh, that's what we all long for, to be touched in our hearts and to actually make that connection together to experience the oneness. Mm. Mm. And But let's not forget that it also brings a lot more than just this connection, you know. It's, uh, it brings a lot in terms of, you know, uh, employee engagement. It brings a lot in um, like absenteeism, like, you know, that really drops uh, you know, uh, cost reduction. I think it it, it, it impacts uh, all the measurements in in an organization very quickly. And this is also what we see that um, that, for example, employee engagement um, increases uh, overall employee increase employee and, and uh, engagement increases like with with 40 percent in within a year by only training the management uh, layer, for example. Yeah, so it has a huge effect if if if, if the management team uh, relates differently to each other and and are you know um, choosing another approach. Mm. So you got me got me really thinking now deeply about my own work around employee engagement because um, it it is you know how it is it is such an important area and uh, you know if you can through an intervention and interventions bring people into that coherent whole mm. and shift their behavior uh, then you know it is a very you know powerful space to be and uh, and it's got to have huge benefits for organizations i think um, it's it's so so important and I, I just wonder how do you you know in terms of your own work you know how, what are your sort of ideal clients and how do you engage with them in such a way that they get it and are prepared to invest in in what you do yeah, I think it's two types of clients we're usually work, working with or very traditional, uh, very stuck in old habits. Uh, I like, for example, banks or insurance. We, we work a lot of, with uh, insurance companies and banks who are who know they have to uh, change the way they, they, they are together. They need to be more have People know they're too slow in a way. They need, things need to be faster, more agile, more self-organizing. So that's uh, that's uh, we work a lot with those clients, and the other uh, and on the other hand, we work a lot with startups who are already very agile and very fast and very self-organizing, and they want to just um, uh, really uh, flourish in that in that way of leading together. Uh, so I, I, that's sort of the typical clients that I have. So a lot of. Uh, uh, small software uh, firms uh, like in Amsterdam and they're booming and they often have like very young young uh, young IT IT guys um, uh, but they want to flourish they want to leverage their strengths and they want to bring that agility uh, to a, to the next level uh, and they of course they've started with scrum and every, everything but you see that they're really adopting it or the very conservative uh, uh, industries that are a bit stuck in a way Mm, yeah, and then they're looking for, looking for the next thing, aren't they? Yeah, yes. They realize they've got to change. They, they know that they have to change and they, and they just don't know how. And, you know, they've implemented lean and they've done all sorts of things. But, you know, they're also noticing that they can force people into the new infrastructure 
But, you know, the infrastructure by itself doesn't do the job. You know, the people also have to change. So we're, we're coming towards the end of the interview now. And uh, I, I found this absolutely fascinating. I've loved this conversation and, and personally. And, and I, I just sort of wonder, you know, what, what final messages would you like to leave us with today? What's, um, what's the key thing that we can, we can take away from this that uh, you think can make all the difference? Well, I think what I'm very much uh, aware of is what I'm seeing a lot these days is, you know, that we have to find the agility within. And so organizations talk about agility and, uh, you know, self-organizing. And in a way, the, the, we have to go inward for to find the agility within. So I think the people transformation is the most crucial uh, aspect to go within to know yourself, uh, to to make those steps. Uh, like we often also say, the first thing is to do. Uh, the first thing to do is to be. And yeah. so to 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 um, connect to your being, and to invest in in who you are, uh, what drives you, and to uh, yeah to invest in that. Excellent. A lot lot to reflect on. I think it's one of this one of those interviews you need to go back and listen to again and uh, and reflect on the different steps that uh, Rolene has uh, talked about there. Um, I think there's a lovely you know, thought there. The first thing you've got to do is just be. And sometimes we're so busy doing it's uh, you're taking people into spaces like you do. So they have the opportunity to experience just being and being collectively. It's a it's a slower process in terms of it. You've got to slow down. But uh, if you slow down, you can speed up and be yeah. more agile, can't you? That's the other thing I love to say, you know, the slower you go, the faster you get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. I love sometimes, and sometimes the, uh, the long way is the short way. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's all true. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed it was being my on the show. And uh, yeah, wish, wish you well for the future and whatever you do. And if, if people want to find out more about you, www.presenceatwork.com. Is that then slash en or is it just dot com? Oh, com. Just dot com. Presence at work dot com. I don't know why I ended up with the en on the end, but uh, do uh, do check the website out and do uh, get in touch with uh, Rolene if you feel that uh, what she has to offer can help your organisation. Um, it's time for lots of us to spend more time being and uh, and and pulling ourselves together collectively. Uh, and uh, you know the world, I think, is crying out for it right now. And there is so much potential. You know, if those fast young firms are doing it, they're going to catch you up. If you don't um, uh, start doing it, you're you know doing that sort of thing yourself. Uh, there isn't time for dinosaurs anymore. We've all got to be fleet of footers. <laughs> so next week's show next week's show we've got uh, chad Barr. um chad is has been on the show once before he's an amazing man based um in uh i think in the just in the united states and he is um going to talk to us about how to create global digital empires he's from ohio but originally from israel started life off as a, as a as a musician um but he's one of the most um incredible people i've met when it comes to really understanding you know digital understanding websites understanding how to leverage um products and build empires out of them uh, chad is an absolute uh, master so do join us next week for my show with chad bar once again a huge thank you to rolling boxham uh, a hello to everybody in her organization at presence at work and uh, any false questions do feel like you can get in touch with me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk
We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.